Welcome to the April 18th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is John chapter 10, verses 22 through 42, and the sermon is entitled, Hearing the Voice of the Shepherd, delivered today by Pastor Michael Fitzgerald. Let me set where we are in the gospel so we can all start on the same page together. At the beginning of chapter 9, Jesus heals a man in Jerusalem who was born blind. He was a regular figure on the streets of Jerusalem. He begged to make a living. People who were blind or lame, not able to work a daily job, basically were, were reduced to begging in their lives. In order for them to make any sort of a living, they simply sat on the street corners and begged the pennies that would come into their collection cans throughout the day. But they eked out a living and they were to be pitied and they lived in poverty and this man lived all of his life in that mode of living. But miraculously, Jesus meets this man born blind on a Sabbath day, which of course you know for the Jewish faith is a Saturday, and he creates a paste of spit and dirt and he spits in the dirt and mixes it together and creates a paste for that blind man's eyes. And he puts that paste on his eyes and says, Now I want you to go and I want you to feel your way through the city of Jerusalem. Outside of the city gate is a pool called Siloam. I want you to go there and wash. And he did in obedience to Jesus go through the city, out the gate and washed in the pool of Siloam and came back seeing, miraculously seeing for the first time in his life. Well, all the Jewish leaders question the man because they don't want to lift up Jesus in praise, but rather they want to accuse him as a blasphemer. They want to accuse him of wrongdoing on the Sabbath day. They were trying to make the case that he was working on the Sabbath and therefore he was a blasphemer of God. These religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees, hated Jesus because Jesus had pointed them out as fakes and phonies. He said, you teach the Word of God, but you do not know the God of the Word. You teach from your mind, but you have no connection with my Father from your heart. So though you might have the teaching position and you wear all of the robes and you have all of the fame and all of the honor, you're disconnected from God. You're fakes, you're phonies, and they hated him for it. They hated him so much for it that they were devising a plan of murder against him. Now, it must be noted that the, Jesus healed this man's eyes. He healed him physically, but I want you to also notice that he healed him in another way. Turn with me to the Gospel of John. Go back to chapter 9, verse 38. When this man meets Jesus, fully being able to see, being healed physically, this is what he says to Jesus in John 9, 38. Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. So not only was he healed physically, but he also could see spiritually that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Savior and the forgiver of sin. So he was healed in two ways, but by far the greater way was when his heart was healed of sin and he was forgiven and given eternal life through Jesus Christ, his Lord, his Savior. He physically could see, but he also saw with his heart the Savior. But these religious leaders, on the other hand, remain spiritually blind, and they continue to hate and reject Jesus. He had called them out, and they wanted to murder him. As chapter 10 opens, 
Jesus is not speaking to a group of followers or people who love him. If you simply take out the Gospel of John and start reading chapter 10, it looks like he's speaking to people who love him. It looks like he's given direction to disciples, to people who follow him, and that's not the case at all. At the beginning of chapter 10, as we begin reading, Jesus is not speaking to followers. He's speaking to his enemies. He's speaking to detractors. He's speaking to critics. He's speaking to those who want him off of the face of the earth. So if you just open the Bible reading chapter 10, you have to know that Jesus is not speaking to followers. He's speaking to those who dislike him deeply. But listen, this is very important. Jesus is reaching even to his enemy. Jesus reaches even to his critic. He tells them he is the door of salvation. He tells them that he is the good shepherd of the sheepfold of God. So he's reaching out with salvation even to those who want him dead. He reaches them with the good news. He tells his critics in John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, that he lays down his own life for his sheep. He lays down his life as the good shepherd for his sheep so that we might be forgiven and so that we might be given purpose and eternal life. But most of them still refuse to believe, even calling Jesus a devil or from Satan. He is evil. So today, with that background, knowing now to whom Jesus is speaking, I want you to look with me to John chapter 10 and go to... to, um, Verses 22 through 42. John chapter 10, start with verse 22. But as we start here, let me say that time is moving on. I want you to get a time stamp in your Bible. This is something when you read the Bible you might miss, and I don't want you to miss this. Between verse 21 of chapter 10 and verse 22 are two and a half months of time. Note that in your Bible. Beginning in chapter 7, verse 10, Jesus goes to the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. That's in October. But you'll notice with verse 22, it is now winter at Hanukkah, two and a half months later. So all, most all of chapter 7, all of chapter 8, all of chapter 9, most of chapter 10 are in Jerusalem at the Feast of Tabernacles in October. But when you get to verse 22, you skip ahead two and a half months to wintertime and Hanukkah. Most of us don't catch that little time jump there, but it's very, very important in the gospel. But between those two verses of two and a half months, the cross, remember the cross is getting closer day by day. The cross is looming large upon Jesus in these days. Look at verses 22 and 23. John chapter 10, verse 22. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. So this conversation then that we're going to read today and take part in study today takes place in wintertime in December as the Jews are celebrating the feast of dedication. Some of them call it the feast of lights. In Hebrew, it is called Hanukkah. Roughly, Jews celebrate Hanukkah as we Christians celebrate Christmas. Jesus was in the temple at the moment, and these same Jewish leaders who disliked him, hated him, criticized him, surrounded him again. Now remember, these men want him dead because he pointed them out as fakes and phonies. They had no love for Jesus at all. So let's pick up the conversation 
John chapter 10, let's go through verses 24 through 38. Listen to these words. Hear the conversation in the context of whom Jesus is speaking. Verse 24. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, Ye are gods. Notice that's gods with a small g. That's very important. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scriptures cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God. If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Well, as we think about those words of the Bible, this meeting is a showdown. This meeting is one of the final meetings Jesus has with the scribes and the Pharisees who hate him so much. And these scribes and Pharisees ask Jesus a right and a good question in verse 24. They ask plainly, are you the Christ? Are you the Son of God has come to us? And in verse 25, Jesus said, I've already told you. I am. I've told you. I am. And you just refuse to believe me. Jesus says, I've told you in two ways that I am the Christ, the Son of God. Number one, I've told you by the word of God coming through my lips. The word that I speak to you is the word of truth. I have told you the truth. I am from God. I am his Son. And then secondly, he said, not only have I told you the truth, but I've showed you the power of God through the miracles that I have performed. The miracles show the authority and the power of God, so my word stands on the authority of the miracles of power that you have seen. So I've shown you in two ways that I am indeed the Son of God. Look at verse 26, chapter 10. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. So Jesus tells these religious men, you won't believe me because you're lost. You won't believe me because you're separated from me. And you won't come to me for forgiveness and for truth. You just reject the truth. Now, 
Clifford Baptist Church and those visiting with us today, I want to say I often tell the church you need to underline these words in your Bible. Fold over the page, put a star, do something to get back to this passage. This is such an important word of God. Every word is important, but this word we need to return to many times. John 10, verses 27 through 29, you need to highlight those words. I've used them hundreds of times describing Jesus to people who are seeking him. Jesus defines here who a saved person is. Listen to them again, verses 27 through 29 of chapter 10. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. So Jesus says here to those who dislike him deeply that indeed he came to save us. He came to give us light and life, defining who a saved person is. So Jesus says a saved person, a man or a woman or a boy or a girl who knows Jesus Christ as Savior, has a relationship of faith with him and in him and a walk, a journey that you travel with him. That person, listen, will hear his voice, Jesus says. Jesus says, the sheep I own Hear me as the good shepherd. Now, most of us here today know very little about shepherding, myself included. I've done a lot of study about Eastern shepherding in reading through these verses. But this is what I've learned. The same shepherd stays with the same sheep long term. The shepherd doesn't trade off sheep. The shepherd keeps the same sheep, and the sheep know their shepherd. The sheep actually come to recognize the shepherd's voice alone. Other people might call the sheep, but the sheep will not respond because they don't know the voice. They don't recognize the voice. Just as each one of us has a different thumbprint, each one of us has a very different voice. Some of them very beautiful that were behind me today. All of us have a very different voice. And the sheep get to understand and recognize that one shepherd's voice and other voices they will not respond to. Other people might call the sheep, but they're unfamiliar. But when the true shepherd calls, the sheep will follow. Here's another important thing you have to know about Eastern shepherding. The shepherd does not push the sheep along. The shepherd doesn't get behind the sheep with a prod and push them forward. He gets in front and leads them along. There's quite a difference in that. The sheep have to recognize the shepherd so much that they're willing to follow him. When the true shepherd calls, the sheep will follow because they trust him. They trust his voice. He is their security and they follow him alone. So when you and I trust the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, as he's defined himself in this passage... Without question, we will want to follow him in everything of our life. He's not just a little side item to our life. He's the good shepherd. And we hear and respond to his voice and we follow his footsteps as he sets them before us just as the earthly shepherd sets the footsteps for the sheep to follow. We follow him. We will follow his word. 
We will not step out of the path as we follow him. Now, the shepherd in the east knew the sheep that would stray from the path when he was leading them. And he kept his eye especially on those sheep. He knew them so well, he knew exactly the individual sheep that would wander off the path as he was leading. Maybe today, there's someone here, someone on stream, someone by FM signal who's left the path. I can tell you today, the shepherd's looking for you. He loves you. He wants you restored back to the sheepfold. If you belong to him and you're off the path, he's looking for you. Today is your opportunity to see him coming for you. So today, as we think about where Jesus is here, we see that he is the good shepherd and the sheep are to follow his voice and trust the shepherd. We are the spiritual sheep And we follow our good shepherd for eternity, for eternal security. Now, I want you to underline this. This is major doctrine here. John 10, verses 28, 29. I know I'm reading and rereading, but they're so important. I don't want you to miss this. 28, 29. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. The good shepherd gives his sheep eternal life. And he says that there is not a power on earth, not a doctrine on earth, not a purpose on earth, not an act of hell, not an invasion of Satan himself that can take you out of the shepherd's hand once you know him as the good shepherd, once you have put your faith and your trust in him as your Savior and your Lord and your God and your King, you will never be lost again. Praise God for the security of the believer. We know we're in his hand. And also, verse 30 is also important doctrine. This is the clearest statement in the Bible that Jesus is God himself. He is not a prophet. He is not a representative of God. He is not a witness of God. He is God. Amen? Jesus is is God. Verse 30 makes that very plain when he said, I and the Father are one. Jesus is God. Now that really caused a reaction amongst these men who hated him so much. When these fake religious leaders heard these words, they picked up stones to kill Jesus, murder him right on the spot, and they thought they had the scriptural basis to do so. Referring back to Leviticus chapter 24, verse 16, Scripture says, He that blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death. So when Jesus claimed to be God himself, these scribes and Pharisees felt like they had the foundation upon which they could take his life, stone him to death. To claim to be God himself was the worst blasphemy of all. Now, Jesus' reply in this particular situation is extremely important. I want you to look with me to Jesus' response. It's in verses 34 through 36 of John chapter 10. I don't know how many of you have studied these few verses. They're fairly difficult. I'd like to know how many of you have heard them addressed from a pulpit sometime in your life. But I want you to look at verses 34 through 36 of John chapter 10. Here's Jesus' reply about being the Son of God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, Ye are gods, notice that's a little g, 
If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the Scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God. What in the world does that mean? It's a reference back. If you want to take a a note on this, it's a reference back to Psalm 82, verses 6 and 7. Listen to the words of the psalmist. Psalm 82, verses 6 and 7 say this. I have said, ye are gods, again, small g, and all of you are children of the Most High, but ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. What does that mean? Here's the picture. God Almighty has assembled all of the earthly judges of the world in his mighty courtroom. The judge is addressing all the judges who have ever lived on earth. Now, the Hebrew word that's translated as God, little g, in your Bible, and most of all of your translations have that because I've looked, that word in Hebrew is Elohim, transliterated E-L-O-H-I-M, Elohim. And it can mean God with a capital G. It can mean gods with a little g. And it can mean judge. There are many meanings for the word Elohim. So God Almighty reminds all of the judges of earth that they are just fallible, mortal men and that he alone is God and he alone is sovereign and he alone is ruler. And God the Father will will one day judge all the other judges of the world. So in John 10, Jesus is saying to these scribes and Pharisees, if Scripture calls men gods in Psalm 82, why would you kill me when I tell you I'm the son of God? Now, that might be a bit of a hard connection for us to make, but it is a rock-solid defense as Jesus reveals himself as God. Jesus is facing his enemies He's facing people who do not love him, but he will not back down on the truth that he is God Almighty in flesh, walking the earth. And he is capable to forgive sin and give life everlasting. Well, as this red-hot confrontation comes to an end, what does Jesus do? He leaves the scene. He seeks retreat. Where does he go? Look at John 10, verse 40. John 10, verse 40. And went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized, and there he abode. So Jesus goes back to the place near the Jordan River where he was baptized by John the Baptist three years before. Remember, he was baptized immediately before he began his three-year public ministry. And I believe... It was at that moment when Jesus was baptized before he began his public ministry for three years. At that moment of baptism, Jesus said to God the Father, I will go to the cross, my Father. I will lay down my life to atone for the sin of human beings. I will take Mike Fitzgerald's place on the cross so he might be forgiven of sin. Put your name there. I believe it was at his baptism he made that commitment to God the Father. And God the Father spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Spirit of God descended upon Jesus like a dove. 
Three years then, Jesus went into public ministry. And here we are now, three years after that baptism. And he goes back to the place, that deep spot in the Jordan River, where John the Baptist immersed him and baptized him. When he was baptized in the Jordan, the cross was three years away. When he went back in John chapter 10, the cross was one week away. And so he is reconfirming and rededicating his life to do exactly what he told God the Father that he would do three years ago. I will go to the cross. And I will lay down my life as the good shepherd so that my sheep might have security and eternal life. John 10, 42 says that he was not alone because many believed on him there. Some had followed him and many had come to him as Lord and Savior in those moments. As I close, believers, looking at this portion of Scripture, Jesus as the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Let me ask you two questions. Here's question number one. Do you hear the voice of your shepherd often? You know, the shepherd in the east talked to his sheep all the time. In the daytime, as they were moving, going from one pasture to the next, or from uh, stagnant water to fresh water, the, the shepherd would lead the sheep and speak to them and talk to them, even call them by their individual names as they followed his lead. But at night, he would gather the sheep together in a tight cluster for protection, and all night long, that shepherd would speak words of soothing to those sheep to keep them calm. He talked to the sheep 24 hours a day. Let me say this to you. Your good shepherd talks to you and me 24 hours a day. How much do you hear it? How much are you listening? How much do you want to hear the leadership of your good shepherd? My prayer today is that all of us will say, Lord, I'm listening. I know you love me as one of your sheep. I know you're talking to me. I know you have a will for me. I know you have a purpose for me. Lord, help me hear you. Help me hear your words because I want to recognize your voice. Your voice rings true above all the other voices of the world. All, the, uh, all of the other attractions of the world, your voice rings true to me. I'm listening, Lord, for your voice. Believer, listen. The good shepherd's talking to you. And the second question I want to ask is this. Do you have the absolute peace and security of knowing that nothing will take you out of the shepherd's hand? You know, we live in a world where people are filled with such doubt about what Jesus can do in their lives. But he affirms to us, and I want to affirm to you through his word, that he loves you and me so much that he holds us in the palm of his hand and there's no act of earth or hell that can take us out of his hand when we belong to him. Draw peace in that. Draw security in that. And draw courage and boldness in that. So that when you and I step out into the world, and I look at these young people just getting ready to step out into the world in college and careers and all of the things, but all of us step out into the world, we step out to represent our good shepherd. 
And we are to stand with boldness and courage for him. We are witnesses of the shepherd. And we're to stand in boldness and courage for him. My prayer is that you and I will rededicate our lives to listen and to stand strong for our good shepherd. Because he will not leave us. He will not divorce us. He will not put us to the side. No one will be more important than you are to him. He loves you that much. Serve him, love him, listen to him. I pray we, we rededicate our lives. One last thing. If today you've never heard the good shepherd's voice, maybe today you're streaming with us here in person and you've never heard the good shepherd's voice. You've never come to him and said, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for me. I believe that you shed your blood, laid down your life for me. And I believe on the third day you rose from the grave to promise me eternal life. The cross promises forgiveness. Your resurrection, rising from the grave, promises me eternal life. I'm secure in forgiveness, and I'm secure in life everlasting. If you've never said yes to the shepherd, today's the day. This is the moment. This is your invitation. And I can tell you that while he gives this earthly human voice the right to speak the invitation, it's not mine, it's his. And he is calling you right now. He's calling you. The good shepherd is calling you. Come to the sheepfold. Come to the good shepherd. I love you. I gave my life for you. I'm risen again for you. Come to me and give your heart to me. Say, yes, Lord, I believe. And your eternity today will change. Here in this sanctuary, or if you're sitting in a kitchen or a living room or a car somewhere, your eternity can change this very moment when you say yes to the Good Shepherd. I invite you to Him. Church home, whatever you need, the Good Shepherd is waiting to receive us. Let's pray together. Our Father, our God, thank you for these moments, Lord. Thank you for Jesus' description of Himself as the Good Shepherd the one who holds us in the palm of his hand, the one who loves us and laid down his life for us, is risen again that we might have life everlasting and that we might have the security of knowing that you will never, never leave us. Today, Father, for we who are believers, I pray that this is a moment of rededication, that we lay our life before you and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you that you're my shepherd. I want to listen. I want to hear you. I want to follow you. I want to stand for you in this world. I want to make a mark for you in this world. Help us, Lord, to rededicate our life to that. If there's one, Lord, who needs to come back to the sheepfold, somehow or other they've strayed off the path, as sheep did in the east with their shepherds. Sometimes we who are believers stray off the path and need to come back to the sheepfold. The shepherd's looking, ready to bring that one back. If you need to come, today's that day. You've never heard the, sheep, the shepherd's voice, never been a sheep. Today is the day to say, Lord Jesus, I know you're the good shepherd. And I want to be one of your sheep in your sheepfold. I want to be forgiven of sin through your cross, given eternal life through your empty tomb. I come to say, Lord Jesus, I believe. I give my heart, I give my life to you. And I know you will hold me in your hand for the rest of eternity. Bless us today, Father, with decisions that need to be made. Church home, whatever the need, bless us in these moments. In Jesus' precious name.
Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.